You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's watching. It's flying. Goodbye. Schwarber strikes again. Because of course they do. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Brad Spielberger, PFF with his usual NFL bets and takes every Wednesday. Then at 11 o'clock Eastern time, Zach Price shares his favorite NBA futures. And then at 11.20, Sean Zarillo tell us, tells us if we should just simply tail the Rangers and Phillies en route to the World Series. And that's where we will begin, recapping Game 2 of the NLCS. At home, they call them the Phils, and they like to hit dingers. Kyle Schwarber with a couple of blasts. Trey Turner with a solo shot. And the Phillies just absolutely pummel the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing, lead the series two games to nothing. Joe, let's come out and just ask up front, plus 260 to bet on the Phillies to sweep this series. Do you want to take it? Yeah. Yep, I do. I do. And I'm I'm trying not to get caught up in the moment, but the way this sets up the rest of the way – as the Phillies just hit bomb after bomb after bomb. So game three, yeah, no. Rookie, no, I don't think so. And Fats had his ups and downs. And then you're going to go a bullpen game in game number four? Possibly life on the line, and they've got to go bullpen game? Yeah, plus 260 feels like it's probably going to be. It's going to be four or five games. Can we agree there? Mm-hmm. I think long series, it's a very – wildly different conversation than what's going to happen in the ALCS. Just does anybody think there is any sign of life? Like two wins. Can Arizona get two to push this to six games? Anybody think they can? It's over. It feels like it's over already, doesn't it? I mean, that was unbelievable. The way the Phillies are hitting, it's incredible. I'm bummed. Sometimes on this show, we put out a bet and we end up being a day too soon. Trey Turner. I did see an interesting headline. I, I wonder how Nationals fans feel just watching Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and carrying on in the postseason, wishing maybe they kept them uh, on their team. But, yeah, I just think this is all Phillies. It just feels like something magical is happening with them right now. It's unbelievable the way they're hitting. 
isn't it amazing the reputation that Philadelphia sports fans had coming into this series, much less this year or whatever? What do we think of when we think of Philadelphia sports fans? Uh, maybe they're a bit curmudgeon. Uh, maybe they're a little rough around the edges. But no, we're, we're falling in love with this whole situation. The whole situation. And guess what? Now we find them lovable. Now, look, I, I say this, you know, they are endearing. This isn't an insult they to are? say the least. Yeah, what are you talking sure. about? <laughs> no, seriously. No, like, <laughs> no, we're talking about like Philadelphia, you know, and Citizens Bank Park being this wonderful environment. Like it's really exciting, like all this magic, mm. all this stuff. And it's like, we don't think about that when we think of Philadelphia, do we? No. Like this, no. You know, no one wants to be accountable. No one wants to be accountable. God forbid you get held up for your failures. And then, you know, we love you. We been gone for 10 years maybe more but they i mean yeah they can be at their worst absolutely but like when you're doing well mm -hmm. there's no better place to play there's none look at i mean sixers games phillies games eagles games isn't that yeah, any the worst of it though? when you're but is it you're the yeah, hero but there, in any wouldn't you especially agree major that there's markets? a different yeah but there's a different intensity wouldn't you agree like the in north Philly, yeah, yes that's why that. they used to have a jail at their nfl stadium <laughs> Right, maybe they go. still do. Which, these Nothing are facts. Neither confirm nor tank. deny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's right. a reason. There's a reason. You been there, Paul? Uh, What's it like? <laughs> don't recall. Oddly I enough, mean, the, the whole the whole cheer, <laughs> cheering Trey Turner thing. Like you guys have gone soft. I get it, and you're out to defend it, and wow. you come out guns blazing with the middle finger, like just trying to. Hey, just remember who we are. <laughs> just remember my roots. <laughs> Soft. No, it's, no, it's yeah, but right. but also I, there's been a lot made of the environment there, and it, there is a, a bit of a, a home field, even though um, you know we see this every year. Though, like w when your team is in the playoffs, and when you're in the final four, when you get to the World Series, like if you've ever been to one of these games, you don't sit. Most places, that's mm -hmm. how it is. You don't yeah. sit. Like, I remember being at game five of the World Series. My wife's like, are we going to sit at any point? I'm like, nope. We're standing the entire night. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. Hope your like, shoes are comfortable. Yeah, the Cubs went down early, and then there was a homer. And then, like, no, we're not going to sit. She's like, are the people in front of us going to sit? I'm like, nope. And the people behind us are not going to sit either because we're not sitting. Nobody's sitting. This is it's, it's a different type of intensity. It, it really is. So, I do think it's a bit overblown, though, but because we see this every year. Every year, everywhere, right? Like, it's yes, not just exactly. exclusive to Philadelphia. But still, though, we're talking about the city and the fan base very differently than we normally do reputationally. Yeah. Like, if the Phillies do not win the World Series with all of this momentum that they have earned that has been bestowed upon them, if they don't win the whole darn thing at this point, that will mm. be ugly. That will be uncomfortable. But if you don't like Philadelphia, then it yeah. will be quite delicious, I suppose. You, you think back-to-back -back World Series appearances that they would get torched there? That'd be sad. Uh, I, I think because now I think there's be some heartbreaking. Hope there. Yeah, and if it's heartbreaking, then how do you handle that? Like, sometimes if you lose, like, a finals or a championship, sometimes that hurts more and you act out more. 
Like, what if, say, you know, we get to a game six or game seven, something like that, and a bad managerial decision happens, or there's some mess up in the outfield, yeah. something like that. You don't think that right. player or that manager or that decision maker will be torched in some way? No, they would. That they would. It depends how it happens. Especially in Philly. Yeah. 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 I think oh, it's yeah. it could get precarious for an individual, like a manager, a, a Buckner type sort of thing. You know, Bartman, right. if there's a fan sort of thing. I mean, it can't really oh happen God, with the Nets anymore. Even. But yes, there, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there could be, I mean, that you want to talk about visceral fan bases. That's like the only time Cubs fan base has been like super angry, like at someone, it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, and that yeah. kind of started. But like they're, yeah, yeah, it could go. I don't think it's going to be like, oh man, like, I don't know. It's weird because like, oh wait, they won when they weren't supposed to won. One, whatever. When, oh nine. Mm-hmm. They always felt like the underdog against the Yankees. They never felt like they were going to win that series. So I, I don't know that like people are going to be like up in arms if they don't get it done. Um, and I do think this team is built to like at least be in the playoffs consistently. So I don't know that it's going to be like oh, it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know if level they'd be level headed and say, "Hey, we're going to have another spin of the wheel because we still have this great pitching and sure. we have this team that just hits bomb after bomb." I don't know that they would look at it in right. that manner. I think it would be we can't win anything like the Eagles got there and we lost the Phillies got there twice in a row and we lost like we have this window to be the champions you know in every in the majors multiple major sports like the Sixers too with them beat injuries and all that stuff like like oh good point there would be a a woe is me for sure I will say it doesn't feel that way because they won in 08 and they won in 17 and it had been so long until they won anything until 08. And like the Eagles, you know, had never won until 17. If those had not happened, oh man, like completely different. I story. agree. But there is at least I have a hard time recent feel, feeling super bad for a fan base that's won championships no. in any sport or no. like even making it to the World Series, even though it's heartbreaking, you don't win it. Your team also just won a Super Bowl. It's like, okay, I don't feel that bad. There's. There's fan bases suffering much more. <laughs> For sure. Um, uh, betting angles. Can from you last name night. some, Aaron? Maybe some that are like near you at this point. <laughs> Every yeah. fan base thinks that they're cursed. How about the Chargers? Everybody that does. Chargers lady. Oh, God. None of her teams oh, win. The Vikings, the yeah. Chargers. The Vikings. Yeah, right. There we go. Yes. You know, she's, she was planted Just by the NFL. Bad yeah. teams on her. A lot of crazy conspiracies involving the NFL off the field lately. It's strange. Like, they need to go to these sort of lengths. Like, no, they don't. They don't. They're the NFL. They run everything. Um, so, we off Philly, Phillies under games. Like, you can't bet the under. The under looked really strong for much of that game. You had one team that didn't score, and then the under was smashed because of all those home runs mm-hmm. they had. No Just kidding. one side. Yeah, yeah at, at this point, I'm not sure because, like you said, like we've got bullpen games coming up for Arizona. You know, Brandon Fott's going to be on the bump uh, come yeah. Thursday. So it's like, you know, and, and look, Merrill Kelly pitched well. Like, I mean, granted, he gave up, you know, a few earned runs. But, you know, in terms of his arsenal and the pitch sequencing and the mix of pitches he had, I mean, he threw out everything he possibly could. And he was an absolute gamer out there. And it didn't matter. Because Phillies hitters are just so dynamic right now. You know, if I may bow down to the queen in Sarah Lang's here real fast, the Phillies have a plus 33 run differential so far this postseason. 
That is the highest run differential in an eight-game span in any postseason. This is insane what they're doing wow. right now. Wow. Wow. Any, any part of the postseason, let alone the NLCS, you know? That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. the other thing. Yeah, you're going against. Right. And Arizona just threw their two best arms. I can't mm-hmm. stress that enough. They just threw their two best arms. So what are you going to do now in Arizona? Well, that's even more of a band box. It just f- flies out of there. It's good luck, right. man. And didn't, good luck. didn't Ranger Suarez pitch pretty well last year in the postseason? Or how do we feel mm-hmm. about him? Yeah. I mean, I'm not good. that worried. And Fox stinks. Well, I, sorry, I like the Phil's chances. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that's a take, good num- That's a good you, number to sweep. Yeah, uh, plus 260 to sweep. I think plus 290, give or take, uh, for the Phils to win in five. You want to take both of those, you're still making a profit. I think that's all right. That's probably mm-hmm. the approach I would take. Uh, maybe you will hear this uh, from these dulcet tones a little later, but I think that's probably the way to do it. Uh, also, too, uh, one thing that I wanted to look up is the stat cast numbers. Since 2015, Phillies have the second highest WOBA and ex-WOBA in a postseason. Trailing only the 2017 Colorado Rockies where they went nuts and then, you know, kind of slowed down in the World Series. But what the Phillies are doing, whether it's home runs or run differential or stat cast numbers, it it is truly unbelievable. And I don't know how the Diamondbacks slow that down or the American League ball club that might slow it down. Like we said yesterday, just take a group of Phillies on home run props every game. Mm -hmm. Trey Turner was plus 450 yesterday. Oh, that felt good. You, you, when you go over total bases in the first inning to get things going, and it's the first inning a lot with this team, like that, that always feels pretty good to at least have that in your pocket. But, like, yep, between those four guys, Schwarber, Harper, Turner, Castellanos, like, you want to talk about turning a profit, a couple of them are hitting bombs every game. So if you get two of them to hit home runs, you're good. If you get one of the four, you're breaking even or turning a little bit of profit i'd say in most cases maybe not sure but one because his home run prop is always the shortest um but yeah people hit that one too by the way two or more homers 25 to one on shore bomb good grief is there got in on this sooner (laughs) a world series mvp angle or it's just i mean you're you're picking a horse because it's a different guy every night or it's multiple guys every night Boy, like Schwarber's at, the at best this point, number of the group. He's at 16 to 1. And if he does, if he's this Schwarber, he's got a real shot. But like Harper's mm-hmm. 6 to 1, Castellanos 14 to 1, Turner 13 to 1, and then Schwarber 16 to 1. I mean, we don't know that we're going to get similar results, but we can eliminate Philly's pitchers, right? This is all about yeah, their hitting. So. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, no doubt. Like, what do we remember? Like, you know, Nola and Wheeler, they pitch really well. But in terms of the highlight reel, so to speak, we're remembering these multi-home run games more than anything else. And I I don't think this is necessarily the case here because we probably think of Bryce Harper as the, the best hitter in the group, so to speak, or the most accomplished hitter, I suppose. But that's not going to matter in this World Series MVP. Like, it's something where if you are playing the best, I don't know if there's any sentimentality with any one player. Yeah, like right now, Harper's six to one, and he's the favorite. Cast mm-hmm. Turner, Castellanos, Schwarber—they're all in that thirteen to sixteen to one range. Those aren't bad numbers. Will defense make a difference at all? You think anyone you know playing well defensively, where maybe that can be a bit of a tiebreaker? 
Well, these Harper stars... playing first just help them, but yeah, yeah, Aaron. I think the way they're hitting will outshine the defense probably, as long as that continues. Lot to figure out between now and then. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's our weekly NFL power rankings. And we are ranking the best NFL backup quarterbacks who are in the mix to start this week. This will be fun. That's right here on the BetQL Network. The game's final play. Taylor over the top to Waller. Can't bring it in. Terry Johnson defends. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, he was oh so close to pulling off the upset against the Bills. One of the best teams in the NFL, I think we would all agree. There are a number of backup QBs who will likely be starting in Week 7. So, For this week's power rankings, we are looking at the backup quarterbacks we are most confident in backing this weekend. And so, Joe, how about you kick things off? All right, we're going to start things off with number five in my list of domination. Number five, you know, our guy Jake Hassan is definitely part of the Bajancy, so I've got to start there with Tyson Bajant out of Shepard, an undrafted rookie quarterback, a Division II undrafted rookie quarterback going for the Bears this week. They come out and they say right away that Justin Fields is doubtful. That means he is 100% out. We don't know what's going to happen on the other side. But like with Bajant, yeah, there were some ugly turnovers, some really ugly turnovers in relief, but that guy didn't practice at all. How much prep was he doing for that matchup? He was completely thrown to the wolves. And he's getting a plus matchup going against a very bad Raiders defense. And he's got at least DJ Moore. Like, he might get him killed. I thought at one point he was going to get DJ Moore killed this past Sunday. He might. That might happen. But, uh, you know, I think the Bears will have some life. Home dog against a very poor Raiders team. Tyson Bajit moving the football. The, the crowd is going to be behind him. Believe me, they've been calling for his name for longer than now, for much of the season. A lot of them don't like Justin Fields, but uh, the Bajancy, uh, number five overall. Number four, don't know if he's starting. We shall see. I'm going to go with one, Casey Jarrett Bethard of Jacksonville. Mm. He does have, what, 27 starts under his belt. And I know a lot of people will say, well, that was with Shanahan. Point taken, but at least he has some weapons. He has an offensive-minded head coach that could help him if he's forced into action. He has more touchdowns and interceptions in his career. We can't say the same for a lot of these QB2s that are going to be going today. So Bethard is number four overall. Number three, we're going to go with Gardner Flint Minshew, a.k.a. Jockstrap King, that is truly on Pro Football Reference if you take a look. I am not making this up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Minshew. He doesn't have the best of weapons, but he does have Shane Steich in there. Pulled off a huge upset earlier this season. He can do enough to get by. Honestly, I do feel, though, that the more we see of Minshew, the worse it's going to get for the Indianapolis Colts. But he can surprise you from time to time. Uh, God, his numbers were just horrendous this past week. But, hey, 
we're working with only QB2s. We've got to power rank them. Minshew's number three overall. Number two overall, I don't know that he's starting. I'm just making the assumption because he should. His name is Axel Edward Brian Hoyer of the Las Vegas Raiders as a three-point. This is his full name. I'm letting you know. It's Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. Now I understand why he goes by Brian. Do you want? Hey. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Didn't realize there was an Edward on the show. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was limited action, but he looked good against the strong defense against the Patriots on Sunday. Uh, he had a, the EPA play was popping, the A dot, but it was very limited action. But, hey, a much easier matchup this week against the Bears defense. And you've got Devontae Adams. So I think Hoyer's in a pretty good spot. I'm putting him number two overall and number one, like as if he didn't. No, we're going with my guy T-Mobile. T-Mobile is number one overall, Tyrod Taylor and uh, his performance. You know, some have made the case for a couple of years that the backup quarterback is better than the starting quarterback in New York. Uh, with the football giants. So yeah, I'm going Tyrod. I what 78% complete on Sunday. I know they had the red zone issues. Welcome to the NFL. Everybody's having their red zone issues. You know, it, you say Quan back, maybe Waller gets back at some point in his life. Um, and, and you got a, a good play caller in Dayball. So I, I think they'll fix those red zone issues. So I'm going Tyrod number one. So it's Taylor, Hoyer, Minshew, Bethard, and the Bajancy. Okay, what's with all the full names here? What Those are, are their doing? names. Those I want to let the people know about their full names, especially Jock <laughs> full, King, if you, a, a Gardner Flint Minshew the second. I think if you go with Axel, Axel. as your first name, you're definitely a starter. Axel Hoyer, yeah, that, he would be starting yeah. over Jimmy G. Axel is that, giving that's a starting QB vibes. What about Edward? <laughs> yeah, Hoyer? What I, if he did that. Get out. Uh, then I mean, then he's a <laughs> Hall of Famer. Clearly. Yeah. Absolutely a Hall of Famer. We would he wouldn't be part of these rankings. Like we'd be in the GOAT conversation at that point. Come on. <laughs> I think it's four names. Was he born? Does it have four names on the birth certificate? <laughs> Some people do. Well, first, second, first, third, first. <laughs> last name. Yeah. And then how are you supposed to put that into your phone because you only have first name and last name? Like, do you put two in each? Or when oh you have gosh. that middle name, what are you supposed to do there? Like, it's really complicated. My last name's so long, there's no way I could deal with four names. <laughs> Whenever do, you filled you out the SAT, Aaron, did you like Lynn. have to cut it off like Hawks W or something? No, but somehow people butcher my last name all the time. And it's like, I always How? have to spell it out. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so annoying. Because not... people are morons. They are. It, yeah. It That's... sounds like it. Yeah. It's not up. that complicated, but you got to spell it out for everyone. And or else you get some weird stuff coming back that I'm like, whoa, how did you get that from Hawksworth? <laughs> so kidding. Well, I'm not going to give uh, full names for my power rankings. I'm going to be a little bit more concise. But it's funny that Joe and I agree on number five, going with the Bajancy, Tyson Bajan. Here's the thing. It, it, this is not a compliment to Bajan. It really isn't. It's an insult to everyone who didn't make this top five list because Bajan's got a super small sample size compared with everybody else. The problem is, 
there are a couple of really, really bad quarterbacks who will be starting, and I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. putting them in this list ahead of him. So he's going to be number five, more as a placeholder than anything else. But he certainly has room for growth, certainly has an opportunity to skyrocket up these power rankings. So there's that. Number four, Brian Hoyer. Axel, I guess. I still think Aiden O'Connell <laughs> should start. So the Raiders can find out what they have in their rookie. So in that respect, Hoyer will be diminished a little bit just because I think rookies should be starting if you have backup quarterbacks there so you know exactly what you have. Because sometimes in practice, you don't know everything. But they want to go with Brian Hoyer, I suppose. Uh, you know, it could very well happen. But one of the reasons why he's kept a gig in football is with quicker passes. He's averaging 2.52 seconds time to throw. And they're not all short. He will throw beyond 10 air yards. And as long as he can keep the ball out of harm's way, which he's done a lot of throughout his career, he should be serviceable enough, at least for the Raiders, to at least quasi-remain in contention. Number three, Tyrod Taylor. For the Giants' offense to be successful, the quarterback needs to be mobile. That's why Daniel Jones got the contract that he did. Taylor does fit this description of athleticism. Chunk of his passes are off design rollouts. More than a fifth of his passes in the last few seasons were when he was on the run. And also since 2018, Taylor has four rushing touchdowns and 400 yards on the ground with plus 92 rushing yards over expected for next-gen stats. He is someone who can be a dynamic playmaker in small doses. Number two, I'm going with Gardner Minshew. By far, he's had more dropbacks than anyone else on the list. And I think that experience should matter a great deal, especially with a head coach he's worked with for a little bit. He was there during his last stop in Philadelphia. So that relationship is a good one. He does hold on to the ball too long, but he uses different parts of the field and different targets and different routes that he's targeting. And I think that diversity helps him a good bit. And he does have a wide receiver one in Michael Pittman. So I think the situation is such to at least Gardner Minshew can keep things interesting throughout the rest of the season for the Colts. And number one, he may not actually start, but this is really important when it comes to live betting opportunities. I'm going with C.J. Beathard of the Jaguars. He may be in the best situation with Doug Peterson as his head coach. I mean, look at this list here. Look at the head coaches who these other quarterbacks will be working for and with. I think Doug Peterson is at the top of the list, and I think that helps Beathard's power rankings here. One thing that we've seen from the Jaguars, those quick passes from Trevor Lawrence, and it's a great way to kind of alleviate the responsibility, the burden from a beleaguered offensive line. And I feel like that Beathard is smart enough to know to do the same thing. Joe, you mentioned this idea, well, Beathard was really good under Kyle Shanahan. Well, Doug Peterson not, isn't bad either. In fact, I think, uh, you know, he's quite solid. Certainly the best among the head coaches represented here. So that certainly helps him. Beathard has the highest success rate among those with at least 40 dropbacks on this list. He has an impressive run. Uh, with the 49ers, as I mentioned, I think he has the highest ceiling among the backups. And so if in a live betting situation, Trevor Lawrence isn't finishing the game, I would not discount Jacksonville too much just because Beathard comes in there. So Beathard, Minshew, Tyrod Taylor, Brian Hoyer, and the Bajancy. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I think I took a different mm-hmm. approach than both of you guys. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I had a hard That's time right. backing. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time backing any of these guys and four of them play each other. So that uh, I, you know, I thought the exercise was this week. So if they're playing each other, I felt like you got to kind of cancel a couple out. So I only came wait, up wait, with wait. two. Paul Aspen over here cancels out. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, or, how can I like PJ Walker and Minshew at the same time? You can't. So you got to pick one, right? Like I don't oh, like right, Minshew right. in this spot. I don't like the squad that he has and. P.J. Walker already upset arguably the best team in football last week as the Browns handed the 49ers their first loss of the season. Mm-hmm. So with with the Browns' defense alone, I don't think you have to expect a ton out of P.J. Walker. I think he can do it again. <laughs> and like I said, like if, they're, if the Browns and Colts are playing each other, I felt kind of weird putting P.J. Walker 1 and then Mitchu 2. It's like, that's just awkward, right? If it's this week... I'm not backing Minshew. I do love him as a backup quarterback overall, but in this situation, this week, can't do it. Tyrod Taylor, I love it. Uh, Definitely with you guys on that one. I think he almost got the upset. I think if he can look at the film and clean some things up, you've got a division game at home against the Commanders. These two teams know each other very well. I like to back Tyrod Taylor. Now, Daniel Jones, though, he's 5-1-1 one, and one against the Commanders. That might be the only team he's actually good against. So you might want Daniel Jones. But in this situation, I'll take Tyrod Taylor. In terms of, you know, the Raiders and the Bears, you've got backups that could be playing each other again. I'm not on the Bethard. I'm not backing him. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence on one leg hobbling around than Bethard personally. So I can only put my money behind two of these. I don't even think (laughs) Bethard's going to play. What do you guys think? I don't either. I I don't don't think so. 
but I still think it's important to remind ourselves what his ceiling can be in a live betting mm-hmm. situation. Because look, it, like against this Saints defense, it's possible Lawrence can just fall apart. It, I really yeah. think that's a possibility here. This offense has not wowed me for the most part. Yeah, maybe like a couple of good performances, you know, in spurts. But still, though, like if Lawrence is having a bad game, why would you wheel him out there in the fourth quarter where the game really isn't in doubt anymore? But I think it's so important to be reminded of what Beathard can do in case there is, you know, a garbage touchdown, backdoor cover, those kinds of things. Would you be comfortable backing Beathard? Let's say he plays uh, at three or more, because that's what the number went to, because I think I would be like, you don't really know what you're getting. It's going to be more. It's, it's going to be more because right? the in-between number was yeah. three. Yeah, that was yeah, like right. kind of hedging either way. If it's more than three, I think I'm still back in the Jags there. Oh, it it's going to be more than three. It would be at mm-hmm. least four. And it, I wonder if all the reaction would even push it to five and a half, six. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I, I, not I think you're right. Most teams. Right. I think you're right, but that would be an insane overreaction. Well, we see like it all one the time. Of the, one of the bigger overreactions. We do. But, I mean, this that would feel like one of the bigger overreactions of the season, I think. But, you know, bigger I know than there's a lot of Trevor Lawrence love, but... P.J. Walker, I mean, nine and a half? Sure. That was big. Yeah, six. true. Six points. That was insane. Mm-hmm. It could. They're oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson wasn't even playing well. He had one good game, and that was it. Right. Like his entire resume in Cleveland, he's had Agreed. one game and then, oh my God, he's worth a touchdown. No, he, he isn't. And Walker, no. Did, I mean, we don't even like him of the backups. Uh, notice that nobody put <laughs> Aaron a, does. a Titans quarterback on there. Right. Right. They would be in last. We know, we... Time to find out. <laughs> it's trend or truth on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Now we know why we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look at that open, and we probably should do it more often. That schedule's brutal. <laughs> Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by Ben and GM, Matt Egros, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hogsworth here with you. Trend or trend? But that's literally like, I am watching. 16 games. What are we to make of it, Joe? They have a good defense and a bad offense. That's what we are to make of it. I mean, it's, yeah. And they've got a coach that likes to play this way, d- defensive-minded coach, and Carr's been dink and dunk for a lot. And, and I know this trend isn't just with Carr, but I I can't take it over in a Saints game. And I have no interest <laughs> in taking it over on Thursday, as low as this total is. It's truth. And it makes perfect sense that this is a dead under team. You have dead under teams, not many this year, but once in a while you have dead over teams. The Bears were when Fields was healthy with their with their bad defense and, you know, at times high-flying offense because they have a couple playmakers. But, like, the Saints are dead under team. I'm all the way truth. I'm going truth, too. For everything Joe said, it, their offense just is not electrifying, and they have a really good defense. So it makes sense why the under would be hitting quite a bit for this Saints team. I think it's a trend, 
but I'm still going to back the under for Thursday's game. The total is 40 at BetMGM, by the way. I think in large part, when we're looking at the Saints attack, okay, part of it is, you know, quarterback uncertainty, a bit of a revolving door, like efficiency is fine. It's just that they've sputtered some in the red zone. I think the Panthers game earlier in the year uh, was probably the most notable of examples where the Saints just really weren't able to cash in. And I wonder how much of that is just a lack of a ground game or, you know, maybe Michael Thomas not being part of the fold like he was phenomenally, you know, under Drew Brees, things like that. So there is that element. And then also, too, I think when we look at defenses, I know we've said this time and time again, but defensive performances are not as sticky from one game to the next, one season to the next, unless you're the New Orleans Saints. This defense has been good for a long time now under Dennis Allen, whether he was the DC or the head coach. So in that sense, you expect it to kind of fall back down against a great quarterback. And for the most part, it just doesn't happen. And so I think it's a quasi trend. I wouldn't look too much into it, but in a game like Thursday, I definitely like the under, especially given if Trevor Lawrence isn't a hundred percent and that offense has sputtered a little bit where we could seriously see some CJ Beathard love. And that might be a bit of an issue. So that's my take there. Next one. Uh, the Raiders 0 and nine against the spread <laughs> in their last nine games as a road favorite, Joe. With a backup quarterback, backup quarterback this time around. They're a road favorite. It's minus three. I wonder if there's any movement on this point spread once we get official word. We know the Bajancy is starting for the Bears, and the, the market knows that. Is there any – is the ex- expectation that it's just Hoyer and this is the number with Hoyer versus Bajant? I wonder. But the Raiders are awful, and I'm not trying to tell you the Bears are anything but that. But for them to be laying a field goal on the road, Josh McDaniels, most would say the worst in-game coach out there right now. Man, I can't. And, and Joe Osborne, our, our buddy that comes on on a regular basis, he he wrote this up for covers. I He pointed out that, yeah, you would think the Raiders stink so much they're never a road favorite. They were a road favorite four times last year, he points out. Four times, and they lost every one of them straight up. It wouldn't surprise okay, me. If I the Bears was going to say, game. like in recent memory, have the Ra- should the Raiders have been road favorites against anyone? I mean, that no. just goes to show exactly. I love what, this what? one. It might be my favorite on the board for this segment, just because it's just easy to pick on the Raiders. Like this is not shocking. Truth, trend, it's probably both here. Because the Raiders yeah. just stink, you know? I mean, I just think it's hilarious. And just, yeah, think twice if you want to back the Raiders as road favorites. When you have a bad team that's a road favorite, going the other way is not a bad idea. So I don't know. How do we label that? Trend or truth? Like, does this shock anyone? 0-9 ATS last nine times as a road favorite? No, doesn't tro- shock me for no. a second. Mm-mm. Because the moment we want to believe in the Raiders, the moment they do something good, like upset the Chargers or something like that, or beat the Chiefs, then suddenly we think, oh, wow, they finally have their you-know-what together. And it's not true. It never is. I wonder, like, how far this dates back. Like, are we going back to, like, the Bush administration as far as, like, when they've been (laughs) road favorites? Because it does seem like it's few and far between but you know the Raiders are great at giving fans just a little nugget of hope some way somehow and then it's completely taken away from them and so in that respect 
I, I, it's probably more of a truth than anything else because there, there, there's this inconsistent play has lasted for quite some time. This isn't about inconsistency, though. This is about a backup quarterback and a bad in-game decision maker and a defense that is struggling outside of Max Crosby. So in that respect, I, I think the Bears can win this game outright. Uh, my model doesn't sure. have that, but it certainly says that the Bears are the right side here. So I would say truth. I'm going to back the Bears in this one. Let's the, talk a little uh, Atlanta Falcons here. But yeah, yeah, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say, I was reading some Raiders blogs and like the fan base oh, is so excited like to death. see Aiden. No, I know. I find it <laughs> fascinating. Why would you they, look at that? they really want Aiden O'Connell. And I'm like, is this real? <laughs> like, do I need Who's sending you Raiders blogs? What? <laughs> I'm reading one right now. Raiders What's the name of it? Raidersbeat.com. And there's a guy <laughs> named Hondo Carpenter, Sports oh, Illustrated Hondo. Insider. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I guess the fan base is super excited for Aiden O'Connell. And all I could think about was Joe saying, have fun with that. Enjoy every bit of that, you know. He, okay. There yeah, is a he, ton of he, great he, literature out there in America, and you're choosing <laughs> Raiders blogs uh, as your way of gaining insights so into good. the world. Yes. Silver and black. Yeah. Oh, man. They were. So I'm looking at the four times they were road favorite last year, that, and they lost all of them straight up at Tennessee, at New Orleans. That was one and a half. At Jacksonville, two and a half. So those first three, less than a field goal. But they were favored by six at the Rams. What? Oh, Can I go back in time and we... bet that? How did that happen? Yeah, right? <laughs> Josh McDaniels? Where's our DeLorean that we can get into there? Oh, <laughs> Sports Almanac. How did, that, how, did that even, how did that even happen? Yeah. Um, that was a Baker game, but I, whatever. Anyways. Yeah, I don't care. Ugh. Are we going to bet on the Bears yeah, this I don't week? care at all. Man, yeah, no mm -hmm. kidding. We might. All right. Uh, if if we want to keep uh, having fun with uh, fun football teams to to tail or fade here, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Here, they have gone under in fifteen of their last twenty, including eight of ten starts from Desmond Ritter. Trend or truth, Joe? Frauds. Let's get Ian McMillan on to talk about how this team's a bunch of frauds. Hmm. Yes. Isn't he going to a rave? <laughs> Can, can we get oh my god i saw that, that right now? he's going to a rave saw, those are still no, a friday thing? night friday night he tweeted out that he was about to attend the first rave of his life please advise <laughs> i didn't, I didn't follow up I, ecstasy? <laughs> I mean him imagine could you imagine ecstasy? no like, oh with the cat like he probably walked in with the cat <laughs> yeah probably i want to see ian yeah. mcmillan with his glow sticks <laughs> no way in his marathon gear headband on does he wear a headband oh. when he posts his runs oh. headband blue jays jersey so. you know the bright baby blue one with the jacket so over stand it out at the rave <laughs> yeah the jacket over it because he's okay. ashamed we need him on next week to talk about his falcons and how they're frauds and a rave update our rave we can't tell I, I assume he's listening but if he's not don't yeah. tell him we're going to ask about the rave until the end <laughs> i have not heard about a rave in like two decades do do they I'd still be terrified happen 
Oh, Mapasani says they are still a big thing. See, I'm just old. I'm well, that's cool. A big thing. So you they still happen in like do it, do the thing, and like, (laughs) or like, are they in a field? Are they like a warehouse in a field? No, Fight Club is famously in the fields. Yeah, well, the raves next to Fight Club. Jake, do your friends go to raves? Has anybody gone? (laughs) Has anybody ever gone? The Uber girl. To, to a ra- uh no i don't think I have. not no, even really? if you had my family <laughs> hostage yes i have i didn't i just stood there in the corner i didn't do anything but yes i have been to a ra- gotta be man that's gotta be we ended up scene. at like a house party that we f- refer to as the rave as a group yeah. because it just randomly happened. Next thing we know, some dude's walking in with like DJ gear and everything else at like three in the morning and there's lights and everything. And we were just, you know, it was a random Thursday night. We were on the street, Maniunk about to go home. A couple girls walk by like, you guys want to go to this party? Sure. So we ended up at the oh rave and at 7 a.m. we're like walking out like what just oh. happened? Paul Aspen accidentally going to a rave just adds to his lore. Like, I, honestly, like it's it not surprising. A rave overseas. Big, big that rave story guy. might be kind of lit. <laughs> overseas? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Paul, the Portuguese Paul, rave scene is second to none, right? Exactly. I went to a club in Portugal. It was nuts. Well, the, really? The clubs in your, Spain, Portugal, you go at like two or three and you leave at seven in the morning. You take the last train sure. out at midnight, and and you take the first train back home at seven. I in the morning. carried my sister out over my shoulder, like it was nuts. <laughs> wow! You eat dinner that. at nine, like go like to she needed at midnight, to leave, or she was she was Do just passed out. I, no she was naps half conscious. I, I need rest. Oh boy. Uh, I'm going to go with truth on the Falcons' unders. (laughs)